White Cloud, feed to the right, back in front, White Cloud scores! White Cloud, bearing down on the goal, straight down the middle, went to the outside right for Stone, Stone tapped it right back to White Cloud, the righty rips it home. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Michael, nine seconds, through the left circle, number nine closing in, he scores! It's an overtime winner, Jack Eichel, 2-1 Golden Knights with six seconds to go. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LBSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Let's get at it. Game rating coming up from last night's victory by the Vegas Golden Knights over the Winnipeg Jets in one of the coolest games that uh, you will take in. A 6-5 thriller with the winning goal being scored into an empty net in which both teams led the game into the third period. So we'll reflect on that. We've got a big game coming up tomorrow night in Chicago to wrap up the road schedule for the Golden Knights uh, before Christmas. There's also a, a huge encounter taking place out at the Dollar Loan Center tomorrow night between Canada and the United States in the rivalry series, the women's hockey series. The United States leads that uh, series three games done. They play all five games. It's not a best of five. It's a uh, five-game series. The uh, United States trying to sweep that one. Uh, we'll uh, get a little bit uh, more information on what's going to happen tomorrow night. Uh, if you can check out the Golden Knights and the rivalry series, that's what I do. I, I know that everybody's working tomorrow night uh, on the Golden Knights yeah. broadcast, uh, all of us. Uh, but uh, it's it's one of those ones where I've said to my boss like four times, boy, I wish I could go to that game. Boy, I... I <laughs> <laughs> would love to be able to take that one in. Uh, getting to, to see some of the players around town and and uh, talk about it just gets my blood going. I, I know Canadian, yes, uh, but uh, but it's such a cool uh, experience to watch those nations go go toe to toe when it comes to hockey. But uh, let's get to our game rating on the uh, backs of last night's six five win for the Golden Knights. Welcome to my latest experiment. This is a big one, the one I've been waiting for all my life. Uh, well, it's a DeLorean, right? Bear with what me, Marty. Doing? All your questions will be answered. Roll yeah. tape. Chapman, what did you see? Well, I am going to go with a DeLorean in this one. Listen, I don't care how many goals they gave up. What I care about is the fact that they were missing a lot of pivotal players. They were down in the third period against a really good team, against a really good goalie. And it was a gutsy win. It was a, it was a really important win. And I, I, I will point out that the Stars, the guys with the Golden Knights, needed to step up, stepped up in that game. Jonathan Marshall, so two power play goals. Mark Stone, two goals. And I still find it crazy that it's the first time Mark Stone has played. I know we talked about it in the first segment, me and Ryan, but the first time Stone has played a game in Winnipeg as a member of the Golden Knights. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, and it's one that he's going to remember, two goals and a, and a win. Uh, so, yeah, for me, it, it's, it's a really gutsy performance, a really tough spot for the team in a game that maybe they didn't need to win, but a game that they, they definitely wanted to win just because of, I, I, I think, the way that they, the, the road trip or the homestand, I should say, ended. You get off on the, the mini road trip with a big W against a good team and a, and a, and a really good goalie. So for me, it's, it's, a, it's a five out of five. It's a DeLorean for me. A confidence builder for sure. Uh, Ryan. Yeah, I'm going five out of five. I'm going DeLorean. It's pretty easy, pretty simple. You, you go into Winnipeg, you, you score six goals. Granted, one's an empty netter, but uh, the offense was clicking for the Golden Knights. As Chris pointed out rightly, you've got Mark Stone on the board, you've got William Carlson and John of the Marshall on the board, but it's also the contributions you're getting from 
younger guys in the lineup. Daniil Mirmanov, first career NHL goal. He also adds a couple of helpers on the power play. Those are the the types of plays and the types of moments you need in order to kind of mitigate a, a, the injury bug that the Golden Knights are going through right now. And for 60 minutes in Winnipeg, they got those contributions that they needed. So it's five out of five for me. Uh, yeah, it's a clean sweep uh, with the DeLorean as well. we race down the the highway uh, with uh, with uh, our flags on the car and having all kinds of fun with woohoos uh, everywhere. That was uh, it, it. Was not just the win. It was the challenge of the win with the lineup, and then uh, being able to do it in in a way that is not the coach's dream, but they stayed with it, and they they allowed the first goal, which is not a common occurrence. Uh, they came back, and they were able to to have that advantage after the first period, and in the third period, as the game went back and forth, they were still able to uh, control themselves, and then took advantage of one of those goofy delay-of-the-game penalties where the puck goes over the glass, and those oftentimes end up in your net for some goofy reason, whether it's we pay more attention to it or not statistically. I don't know whether it's actually the case, but it does feel like uh, those delay-of-game penalties uh, end up costing teams uh, more than, say, a tripping penalty or or a, uh, a, a roughing penalty. So uh, the, the, the execution was huge. I think the confidence is the, the biggest part of, of showing – uh, themselves that uh, that they could beat a really good team in Winnipeg having a really good season and that's going to bode well going into uh, a stretch here with uh, with a four game homestand next week and five games remaining before Christmas. Yeah, and and that's really kind of the big thing is that you you've got to have confidence that you can win with the lineup you have right now. And I think for the Golden Knights going into Winnipeg in, in, in the contributions that they got up and down the lineup, it gives you that confidence knowing that you can, over the course of 60 minutes, beat the second-best team in the Western Conference. And that, to me, I think is, is an important thing for the Golden Knights. So when you, when you check that box now, you turn your attention to Chicago, you turn your attention to a team that, on paper, you're supposed to beat, you're, a game you're supposed to win. And I'd like to see the Golden Knights kind of continue to to find their offensive game in this new configuration against Chicago on uh, tomorrow. What uh, was your evaluation of Braden Pahal last night? Uh, physical. I, I think that was kind of the thing that stood out to me the most with Pahal. I think he's a uh, a pretty physical player. I, I don't think that you know there were there was too much drop off, kind of like in his game. Um, I, I thought he handled the moment well. I thought he played pretty well for the Golden Knights over the course of the game. And, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to, to see him go again tomorrow night in Chicago. Uh, that was uh, a strong performance. I thought I thought he did make some some really nice reads, and uh, and he was in a situation where you can't afford to sit back. Like you you can't you're not going to be able to hide you. Not when you're down three. Like you, you're going to be able to be out there and and be in a situation where you the other team's going to try and take advantage of you uh, with last change and then the way the situation is that they're they're missing Zach Whitecloud, Shea Theodore and Alex Petrangelo. So I, I was uh, I was impressed with his uh, the confidence and and uh, and being right in the game and and showing some some solid uh, just uh, not not spirit but uh, assertiveness uh, out there. And and I'm Bruce Cassidy said after the game, and I thought it was a great point. Like that's one game, and it's it's a really big game for them. Uh, Mirmanov, uh, Bahal uh, out there. Hutton's played the last couple of games. 
that that's a short sample size. You got to be able to to do that to play in this league uh, long term and on a full time basis. You got to be able to do that every night, and and mm-hmm. that'll be the challenge over the next week going into Christmas. Uh, and and I don't know whether Theodore comes back at Christmas, whether it's a New Year's thing, uh, when you're weak. Uh, it, it certainly points to in between uh, the, the two holidays. Uh, in and around that uh, that matchup, uh, Petrangelo, uh, we'll, we'll, we're just uh, in a holding pattern on that, and we wish him the best. Uh, but mm-hmm. they're, they're going to have to go with these guys. You may see some guys come up and down uh, as, as they get uh, their max out of them and then go down and take a breather and uh, and somebody else comes up but uh that'll be the, the 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 big challenge tomorrow night and then saturday if if they go with this this group again uh can they can they hold their form enough now you still score uh six goals to win like you don't want to be in that situation every night so you got to be able to cut down on those those chances against them and winnipeg did a good job taking advantage of their opportunities and i'll I'll just give Aiden Hill, uh, cut him some slack. Uh, he, he didn't let in a bad one last night. Like, yeah. They, yeah. There, there were some quality uh, goals, uh, all five of them, where, where you wouldn't say, oh, what happened there? Uh, by any means, so you got you got to cut down on on some of that. And and Mirmanov uh, was out there a, a couple of times. You got to make the better reads or the right reads. Find your footing. So uh, there, there's still growth to to happen. You're gonna stop hold the team to two, uh, one. That's a tough challenge. Uh, so you're you're gonna get get some help, and you're gonna have to uh, outscore some some limitations uh, on on that side. But uh, uh, I like I like Hall, and he kind of flew under the radar uh, with all the other accomplishments. Yeah, and and kind of to your point, I think it's because he, he doesn't find himself on the score sheet, right? He doesn't yep. score a goal. He doesn't have any points, but you know the the ability to to be pretty clean on the other side of the puck and, and pretty good defensively in terms of not giving up a lot. That's that's going to be something that the Golden Knights are going to have to to get from the guys that are in the lineup. So you know, right now you're you're kind of reconstructing your entire right side of the defense. I like Daniil Mirmanov alongside Braden Mc, uh, Braden McNabb. I think that that is a a defenseman that can maybe help Mirmanov along on the defensive side of things. But you know, I, I didn't have any issue whatsoever with Ben Hutton or Braden Pahal last night. And I think that that if they you know again if they get to to go tomorrow night against Chicago, the the goal is that those two guys on that third pair kind of give you a similar game where maybe you don't notice them uh, as much, but that's by design because they're doing their job and they're doing it well. You look at the blue line last night, and I don't know whether you ran through the numbers uh, during my brief sabbatical off the top of the program in hour number one, but uh, you had Pahal and Hutton who were limited to 14 minutes. That's that's mm-hmm. yep. perfect uh, for that. That's more than Pahal would play if they were healthier, uh, and uh, he he was even uh, through the course of the game. Hutton was even through the course of the, uh, of the game. That's that's really solid ice time. Uh, Pahal saw some uh, some penalty killing time out there. Uh, Hutton was on the power play. That's for your for your five and six. Now I know Hutton's mm-hmm. played four hundred forty two games in the National Hockey League. But he's got somebody who's played two going into last night. To come out of that even 
and both guys spending some time on special teams, that's pretty darn solid. And Mirmanov yeah. and McNabb, uh, Mirmanov was just shy of 20. McNabb was was, was over 20 with uh, more time uh, on, on shorthanded. They, actually, Mirmanov uh, spent a lot of time on the on the power play as well. And then then Hag and Martinez were 21 and, and, and 24. So uh, your, your, your top guy at nice time was Hag again, which has happened a few times mm-hmm. uh, now. And then it went uh, McNabb and Martinez. So your, your veteran three guys, established three guys, were one, two, three. But there wasn't a massive, mass. you didn't go down to an eight or a nine. Like John Stevens still had to roll that third pairing through. Yeah, for sure. And that, that I think is one of those things where as long as you can get games where you, you've got your five and your six in and around 14, 15 minutes, then you're you're kind of lessening the load, so to speak, on on some of the your, your other guys, and Alec Martinez and and Nick Hague and and Braden McNabb. Now, uh, that all being said, I, I you know Nick Hague I thought had a, a strong game, and it, it almost feels like the more you play him, the the better he becomes. Um, how many how many games in a row are, are you kind of looking at it being Nick Hague is that that gets a lion's share of the minutes, or um, is it just kind of a game-by-game situation based on what you have in front of you if you're Bruce Cassidy and John Stevens. I think it's totally game-by-game. I I think over the next four games, you might have McNabb lead the team in ice time in two of them and Hag in one and Martinez in the other. And it it will strictly depend on penalties. That's what's going to move guys uh, around in that Um, uh, because Hag does have – doesn't – doesn't play a lot of power play right now. That's falling to Hutton and and mostly Miramanov. Uh, to be quite honest, mm-hmm. he's he's your special specialist uh, when it comes to that or leading uh, contender. But uh, I could see Martinez getting some power play time, and that I can see Hag. Quite honestly, uh, and like give John Stevens some some credit or Bruce Cassidy, mm-hmm. uh, ultimately the head coach. The easiest thing to do with the power play guys would have been. Okay, Hag, you're gonna you're gonna quarterback one unit, and Martinez, uh-huh. you're gonna quarterback the other. You're the veteran guys. You're gonna go out there and you're gonna play those roles. But they put they put two guys who haven't played this year. Like Hutton was 20 games in a row. He's got experience. He's got uh-huh. some offensive skills. hadn't played in 20 games in a row. Uh, he was on your second unit, Mirmanov, who uh, played 11 games in his career uh, coming into uh, this season, coming off shoulder surgery. Uh, he's quarterbacking your number one unit. That's outside-the-box thinking that mm-hmm. some clubs may not go down, and I wouldn't have I wouldn't have batted an eyelash if they would have went with the uh, Hague and Martinez on the power play. Wouldn't have batted an eyelash. Uh, but the Miramanov uh, assignment has proven to be pretty darn solid. Yeah, and, you know, I, I understand it in that you're you're trying to spread as much out as you possibly can. And, and you know, when, with, with no Shea Theodore, no Zach Whitecloud, no Alex Petrangelo, like you're going to have to lean a little bit heavier on, say, Nick Hague and Alec Martinez on the penalty kill in, in those moments where you're going to need it. So I get kind of spreading minutes around as best you can or finding pockets where you can utilize Miramanov and, and Ben Hutton. But the fact of the matter is those two guys distribute the puck incredibly well on the power yeah. play. And, you know, for 
for early returns of Miramanov on the power play, I think it's making that decision look very, very good for John Stevens and Bruce Cassidy because you have a player whose offensive instincts just fit what you're trying to do in moving the puck on the power play. Well, that's Miramanov's game, so take advantage of it. Uh, Right. There's still the the idea, and I'll give you devil's advocate. Uh, Martinez has played well in the power play in the past. Uh, Haig has a big shot. You could go that route. Or you look at Miramanov and go, he, he's he got some next-level uh, instincts when it comes to mm-hmm. controlling the puck. And while he doesn't have the experience, he might be able to do more uh, with what he's got than than the other guys. And uh, they, they dove headfirst into that. Like uh, I've often heard from from different coaches or, or uh, different uh, management types around the league who, when you get down in a game, what do you do? Do you play Do you play your offensive guys, your offensive defensemen more, your veterans, or do you, uh, or do you lean on the, the kids who have uh, some offensive instincts in the game? So the, the veterans or the kids who have some offensive upside? More and more teams are going with the kids with offensive upside. They may not have the big resume, but they uh, they've got that uh, those skills to be able to go out there mm-hmm. and do it. They may not have the two hundred foot game uh, that that a veteran player has, but you're not trying to defend. You're trying to come back, and more teams are leaning towards that. And I think that's where. Mir Manov uh, fits into this situation. Up front, just wanted to mention uh, Paul Cotter has really done a, an outstanding job fitting in with Stevenson and Stone. But there was a couple mm-hmm. of cases where, where things got sidetracked, power plays and and, uh, and lines out of sync, where Bruce Cassidy played Phil Kessel up with Stone and Stevenson. Just trying to keep, like, he had trouble getting that third line in, Again, which mm-hmm. the third line is the fourth line. <laughs> Follow that along if you just landed on Earth. Uh, the third line <laughs> is the fourth line, but uh, but he did he did a nice job spotting in Kessel in Cotter's spot a couple of times to ge- keep him in the game and trying to keep him in the rotation. and And I like that approach. Yeah, I I agree. I thought that there were you know there was a, certainly a play where Phil Kessel just nearly missed getting sprung on a breakaway when he was out there with Chandler Stevenson. And drew Mark the Stone. penalty. Stevenson and Stone. Yeah, drew a penalty. For, you're you're absolutely not right on there. the winning goal, um, but on the goal that gave them the lead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and so like you you had those moments where you were able to work Phil in, and I think that Chandler Stevenson is me a little bit more or showing a little bit more assertiveness when he's got the puck he was fantastic in the game last night against the Jets and you're starting to see some of that chemistry that that you know is so familiar with Stevenson and Stone uh, showing up and and I I've liked Paul Cotter alongside but you know as as you're kind of going through games if your third line gets lost in the weeds a little bit you can spot in players here and there with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone are going as well as they're going right now for the Golden Knights Chandler Stevenson did his best Mark Stone impersonation, taking that puck away from Nate Schmidt. Yeah, it was it fantastic. was a gutsy play because you get caught in that situation. You're 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 caught up ice, uh, but he knocked that puck down and and made a move. Did he have 
what was the final total last night? Was it four and a half breakaways? Because sometimes I say it's a half breakaway <laughs> if you're below the hash marks in in alone. Uh, I'm quirky that way uh, because it's not a full-fledged sure. breakaway. But uh, did it end up like four and a half breakaways where he was in on Hellebuck? Yeah, I know he had at least two, maybe two and a half in, in the first period alone. Uh, he was absolutely flying. I mean, yeah. that's as as fast and as direct a game as we've seen Chandler Stevenson play over the last what three or four games. Well, and and he told Ashley Vice in between the second and third that he wasn't shooting anymore. <laughs> He's just going to work because <laughs> he was he was a little frustrated being being in alone. But uh, that. That was sensational, and he was flying right from the start. Remember when he came off, he got suspended uh, a, a couple of years ago, and he got a rest during that crazy schedule, and it was it was the COVID uh, season, and he got, had some time to rest, and he came back, and it was Pacioretty who said it looked like he got he was like a rocket ship out there because he had that just that little bit of time to recuperate, and was freshened up. And was going well last night. It, it reminded me of that same situation. It looked like he'd come off a four-day vacation, and was uh, able to go out there and be fresh and 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 healthy. And boy, was he just going! Yeah, I I loved his game. I thought it was uh, a, a vintage Chandler Stevenson game. The the speed the the ability to play with Mark Stone at, at a high rate of speed and, and the setup. I mean, you know, you talk about Mark, you know, Chandler Stevenson knocking that puck down, going back the other way, but then, you know, his ability to deke out uh, Connor Hellebuck and slide that pass across, probably a shot if we're all being honest, but Mark Stone with the finish. I, I thought Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone specifically. You thought he was trying very, to shoot it? I thought he was trying moments. to pass it and it kind of just uh, skiffed off his stick. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not 100 sure what he was trying to do. I know what happened, right? What happened is Mark Stone scored his second goal of the game, and it was a big one for the Golden Knights. But um, yeah, it's it's tough, right? Because like I I think at that point, if you're Chanson, you're you're probably looking past more than you're looking shot because for whatever reason. Connor Hellebuck last night had Chandler Stevenson's number, not anybody else's, but he had Chandler's number. Yeah, uh, th- that's right, and it's. Good that he had Chandler's number from a Jets perspective because it would have been over big time uh, before that, the way that uh, that he was flying around there. Uh, a lot of fun, uh, a lot of excitement last night. Did you guys have a – like we have to do our player of the night uh, or play of the night. Uh, we've got some latitude in that uh, during the course of our, our postgame show on AT&T Sportsnet. And there was a real debate between the, uh, the control room and – producer uh michael and elliot and i about who was sort of the mvp uh of of last night's game and i, I we could have went like six different directions we got it down to four a, at the end and one of them was Chandler stevenson with the four point performance mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. you've got uh, the likes of mark stone with a couple of goals uh uh Mirmanov with his first career goal and and three points, and then Marcia so uh, having that that big third period. Uh, we went with Marcia so. I'm mm-hmm. still thinking Stone might have been the right option, and then in the back of my mind, I'm going, how do you go away from Mirmanov with his first goal and then quarterbacking the power play? And there's a voice in the back of my head saying, 
you numbskull. Chandler Stevenson had four and a half breakaways and four points. Oh, where do, where do you line up in if you had to give away a first star for last night? Yeah, I mean, I understand going with Jonathan Marchessault because those goals were so timely and so important in the context of the game. But uh, if it were me, I probably would have leaned into Daniil Mirmanov. We're, we're talking about first career NHL goal. It was a great read, uh, a really good play to kind of get Vegas back to square early on in the game. And then he's pivotal on those two Jonathan Marchessault power play goals. So uh, I would have gone Mirmanov personally. Yeah, I think I lean that direction as well. Really? Yeah. So no love Stone. No, no I love I love Stone. No love Stevenson. <laughs> wow, I, I love you. Well, tell them. Well, that's the thing. That. Like I, I, I'll be honest. Like I, I probably would have like had it Miramanoff one, Stevenson two, and then Stone and Marcheseau as as kind of like that that three A three B because I, I think all all four of those guys were important and and all four of them deserve kind of their moment, but. You know, you're you're talking about first career NHL goal, three point night. Like, oh, sentimental. It was a big night yes. for Daniil Mirmanov. And you know, I I think one of the plays that maybe slid under the radar was actually made by Aiden Hill because Kyle Connor, who usually doesn't miss from where Hill yeah. made that save. I mean, if he doesn't make that save, Winnipeg may win the game. But I mean, Aiden Hill came up with a monstrous save on that Kyle Connor shot. Really, late, what was it? Midway through the third period. I love Aiden. I do, uh, and I think that he has so much fun out there, and we're going to learn uh, a little bit more about that as we go along this season, about Aiden's attitude out there. He's always smiling. You watch him walk off the ice after a period. He's joking around. Uh, I think that's great, and uh, and you know that uh, that I'm a goalie guy. Uh, uh, th- there uh, wasn't one thought of Aiden Hill getting in there for a player of the game last night. No, 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 but the play, a big, a big, I never said player, I said a huge play that slid under the radar. There's there's no, I mean, listen, you gave up five goals, but you can't be player of the night, but you, you could certainly, you know, sometimes we talk about a goalie having to make a save that, that yeah. maybe he shouldn't. I think that was probably it. All right, I'll give you a pass on that one. I just uh, wanted to point out that he, he wasn't in the mix. Uh, oh, and he shouldn't have been. He shouldn't have been. I'm sure he uh, would agree with, the, with, know, with that, too. I've done three stars over the course of my life, and, and you're always yeah. like, you'll get those notes like, who picked the stars tonight? What was it with that? Why, sure. where, why didn't he fit in? He should have been at least the second star. Or why was that guy a first star? I've never had a point where uh, there was four first stars. And and you're having this legitimate debate. I looked at Elliot at one point and said, "Like, does it really matter? Like, we're it, we're, we do it. It's it's because of our great sponsors on the show, but we're going to talk about them all anyway. Does it really matter? Because the it it's it's amazing. But there was there was four different players that we could have put into that player of the night. Uh, it was it was fascinating. It was fun. Now we're going to take a break. Let's give away some tickets right now. Uh, so it's for the Arizona game, correct? Correct. All right. 876-1340. 702-876-1340. We have multiple sets of tickets to give away for the Arizona game next Wednesday. We are going to give away a pair of tickets right now to caller number nine because we're missing Jack so much uh, after last night's game, and we, we wish him a speedy recovery. Let's get it, and then we'll give away the other two sets of tickets in just a little bit. Uh, We'll come back with one-timers, news notes, Gordie Howe, Alexander Ovechkin, 
and Barry Trotz all in the same conversation as we continue at Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show. More tickets to give away. Next Wednesday's game against the Arizona Coyotes, 702-876-1340. Chapman, you all set. Let's go with caller number 12 right now. Two tickets to see the Vegas Golden Knights and the Arizona Coyotes at T-Mobile Arena next Wednesday. Dial it up right now. We are making people happy today. Uh, Brendan Brisson and Spencer Fu appear ready to return to the lineup for the HSK tonight as they take on the San Jose Sharks. So you can check out the pregame show on 1230 The Game this evening uh, with Brian McCormick, who's uh, done a wonderful job. And uh, shout out, stick tap to him for filling in for uh, the ailing Ryan Wallace last night. Uh, so yep. we appreciate uh, that from, from you, Brian McCormick. But uh, Henderson Silver Knights, uh, 3-0-1 over their last four games. There it is. Um Brian McCormick comes in. He does the pregame intermission and postgame for me, and the Golden Knights put up six goals. So uh, the answer to the Golden Knights' offensive problems, <laughs> Brian McCormick. I uh, want to get to Alexander Ovechkin and goal number 798, 799, and 800. But first, uh, the story that's uh, dominating the social media scene tonight is the hit by Ryan Reeves of the Minnesota Wild on uh, Philip Aronik uh, of the Detroit yeah. Red Wings this evening. And it is a collision of epic proportions. <laughs> and I'm hoping yeah. that uh, Ronix, I haven't seen anything that he's not okay, but uh, I'm really, really uh, uh, crossing my fingers that he's going to be all right. Uh, this is a clean body check, in my opinion, yeah. IMO. But I can honestly say by looking at it close to 50 times over the course of this program, this hit, Shane Knighty will laugh at me. This hit might be too hard for hockey. And it's a clean hit. It's devastating. Yeah, yeah. it, it was a really heavy, really hard hit through the chest from Ryan Reeves. Philip Peronik, um didn't see Reeves coming, uh, really, until the last second. He was he was looking behind him at, at another Minnesota player. Um but it's just a product of Reeves being bigger and stronger and, and hitting through the chest. I, I don't disagree with your assessment that it might just be a check that's too hard in this moment because Reeves is an absolute freight train, and that's what he did. And and Reeves is going to throw that check, and he should throw that check. That's his role to make that play. When you see it, you just wonder, boy, and, and there's no way if you're going to allow hitting, you're going to allow open ice checks uh, of, of that kind. When you've got somebody of Reeves' size, you're going to get into situations like this. So uh, I'm not campaigning at all for any type of rule changes. It's just the uh, very uh, particular situation where you've got... And Ronick's a, a strong guy, but a, yeah. a smaller player against a much bigger player. And it might be the perfect situation for Ryan Reeves to be able to throw that check because he got him right in the trolley tracks. Yeah, and uh, just kind of an update on that game, on Ryan Reeves specifically. Uh, he had another big hit on uh, on Ryan Lindstrom and ended up going with uh, dropping the gloves with Ben Sherratt in 
in response to that. So it's been quite an eventful evening for Ryan Reeves against the Detroit Red Wings. Well, two big hits, and, and we saw when Ryan Reeves played for yeah. the Golden Knights. Uh, he's he's a player that can play a physical style and not take a lot of penalties. So two big hits, yeah. not penalized on either one of them, and the only time that he spends uh, in the box is because he has to answer for two big hits. Normally, I'm not a big fan of that, but in this case, I can understand why. And uh, Ben Schrott, I give you credit, man. That, that can't be a comfortable feeling, climbing into that... Uh, that bout. Uh, we have Alexander Ovechkin scoring uh, three goals last night and uh, coming in with his 800th career National Hockey League goal. Tell people the stat that uh, that you just told me during the commercial break, Ryan. Yeah, so Alex Ovechkin, there, there's only been three players, obviously, Gordie Howe, Wayne Gretzky, and now Alex Ovechkin, that have been able to navigate uh, the, the 100 goals between 700 and 800. Alex Ovechkin is the fastest player to go from 700 to 800 goals in NHL history. He did it in 164 games. That is the fastest, uh, eclipsing Wayne Gretzky and Gordie Howe. Amazing. And I had a great conversation today. I was privileged enough to uh, have a conversation with Barry Trotz, who coached Alexander Ovechkin for four years, and uh, they won the Stanley Cup uh, together. And he is just a wealth of knowledge uh, when it comes to Ovi. And uh, saw him at his best. And saw him at his best with his team game uh, as well. So uh, got a chance to pick his brain on the Chirp podcast and uh, listen to that. It's been released today. Uh, on NHL.com and wherever you get uh, your your podcast. So Barry said that uh, that he is he's so impressed with Ovi because of the way that he's been focused and being able to focus on this. And that comes like with with a depleted supporting cast right now in Washington. No Backstrom, uh, and we both agreed this might be the most impressive season of Ovi. He's been remarkably consistent from the start of his career all the way through and uh, he's sneaking up on 20 years in the National Hockey League in, in a couple uh, but this year without the, the supporting cast and to be able to still compete and rip off goals the way he has uh, I take my hat off him uh, to him uh, with this one off Gordie Howe uh, who is second all time at 801 is an incredible accomplishment I thought he was going to have to scrap and claw and go through a couple of those seasons of 14 16, nine goals, uh, some of those to eventually get it done. Uh, it, right now, there's, there's no sign of that. And and Barry's point is he just wants to score so many goals. He did it a couple of weeks ago with the empty netters. No apologies there. And last night, he scored those goals, not by one-timers, by going hard at the net and cleaning up some garbage. Yeah, I, I mean, you're talking about uh, seven goals in his last five games for Alexander Ovechkin, uh, and right now on a, a 52-goal pace through 31 games this season. I, it would be remarkable to me if Alex Ovechkin, at age 36 and 37, was able to put up back-to-back 50-goal years, but he's he's on pace for it, and you know, I I personally feel like there's too much missing from the the Capitals to be able to get there. But if anyone's going to be able to do it, I think Ovechkin's just going to will it into existence at this point. Here's, ice, ice baby. Here's the part that uh, that Trotsky and I uh, talked about today. When the moment becomes big, a lot yeah. of times it takes away from the player's ability. 
there's so much attention. There's so much focus. There's so much uh, expected by the athlete and pressure on themselves and distraction. And that, that yeah. happened when, when Gretz was chasing that Gordy Howe. Uh, Gordy was traveling with him. And, and Gretz finally was like, I, I got to do this because I got to let Gordy go back to his regular life uh, because he's here waiting for me to, to break this record. Well, I, I get no indication that this moment is going to be too big for Ovi. He wants it. Yeah. He's he's after yeah. it. This is this is his legacy. The cup is cool. Uh and and he he embraces that championship and there would be something missing without that. But he he has embraced this record and by going out and doing what he's done recently and last night was a nationally televised game on ESPN. Uh, uh good on him. Oh just want to mention them. Uh so so Gordy Howe had the record for a number of years with yep. with 801 goals. Uh, 894, now, now now Gretzky. Nobody really remembers 801 <laughs> because it was at the end of his... He'd already retired once. He'd come back. Yeah. Uh, he was 50 uh, at the time. Nobody remembers 801 for Gordie Howe. It was the last game of the regular season with, with Hartford, uh, and, and he put yeah. that in. It's, it's weird. It's like... The Ironman streak when we were talking about uh, breaking those those records, nobody, nobody remembers the games that that they set it because you're always thinking you're going to play the next one. Gordy Howe, you're thinking sure. you might play more. Uh, so 801 is kind of the forgotten goal. But a, a forgotten guy in all of this, a player, is uh, Rocket Richard. Like, that's whose record Gordy broke. We all talk yeah. about Gretz, we talk about Gordy, we talk about Ovi. But there's a bunch of guys that, that have scored more than Rocket Richard uh, over the years uh, during the, the course of the, the, the National Hockey League. But because Gordy broke Rockets way back when in the 70s, uh, nobody ever remembered. It was 545. That was the record yeah. by Rocket Richard yeah. in, in the mid-70s. And Gordy broke that record and then didn't give it back until Wayner uh, accomplished the feat. So just uh, wanted to acknowledge that uh, because nobody ever brings that up because Yager and all, all kinds of guys have scored 700 goals. Uh, not, sure. I'm not yeah. making it sound like there's 200, but uh, there's there's a few of them. Uh, and, and nobody ever talks about uh, good old Rocket. Well, not until now. Not until now. Good job. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, we got two tickets to give away. This is the final pair. The final pair to see that we've got for today's show. 702-876-1340. Call us right now and be caller number 11 on Fox Sports Las Vegas. And we will send you to next Wednesday's game to see the Golden Knights play the Arizona Coyotes. 702-876-1340. And remember, who takes care of you? Chris Chapman, Ryan Wallace, and Darren Millard on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So a few more uh, just really interesting things to point out about Ovechkin and his 800 goals. The team he has scored the most goals against the Winnipeg Jets. Now, people may ask, well, how was that possible? Well, he scored a bunch of them when Winnipeg was Atlanta. 
The team he has scored the least amount of goals against, probably not much of a surprise, but it is the Seattle Kraken. He has only played four games against the Kraken, but in those four games, he has three goals, five assists, a total of eight points. Two points a game player against the Seattle Kraken. Golden Knights. So he scored against every franchise. He has scored against every franchise. He has, including the Atlanta Thrashers. Uh, he only has five goals against the Golden Knights. Obviously, not a ton of games. Counting the playoffs, I've actually witnessed six of them. I went back and looked at the box scores to see uh, how many goals I've witnessed of Ovechkin. Unfortunately, some of the playoff goals don't really count towards the 800, but um, he has scored 565 goals against the Eastern Conference, 211 against the Western Conference. The month he has scored the most goals, March. Not shocking, he's also played the most amount of games in March. 135 goals coming in 200. And 31 games. The Capitals have won 725 games since Ovechkin's been there. He has scored 581 goals in those 725 wins. So just a little oh, okay. more statistics to throw it out there about uh, Alex Ovechkin. Uh, I thought it was a cool moment last year, and the fans were incredible with it when he scored the 50th at T-Mobile. That that mm-hmm. may not happen again. Uh and I've only seen a couple of 50th goals personally uh, in the rink. Uh, it, it was a, it was a, it was a moment. I, I know that Vegas is, was in the midst of a, a playoff race, and, and that was a big night uh, for Vegas. But uh, but watching him score his 50th, Alexander Ovechkin uh, hit that mark was was pretty neat. Yeah, he came here with an opportunity. I think to score 700, that did not come to fruition. But uh, I remember being in the arena thinking, man, it'd be really cool if he hit 700 tonight. But uh, it didn't happen for us. So you had to check box scores to see if you were actually there. Yes, yes. I, 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 so you didn't re- you didn't remember that you were there. Well, but no, you had I to check the I, box I knew that, that I had witnessed uh, a, a him score multiple goals, but I had to go back and, and check between the the Stanley Cup final and then regular season because I haven't been to a regular season game in Washington, but I've seen him play quite a few times. Well, every hey, time he's hey, come to, to Vegas, yes. Not not to kind of put a damper on it. Uh, Alex Ovechkin's never scored a goal against the Washington Capitals. Oh, boy. Oh, that's true. That is true. That is... Uh, uh, I was wrong on that. Yeah! And I went along. Yeah, you know oh, what? Boy. You and I are tight, though. Yeah, like, we we're cool like that. Other. Yeah. We're, we're willing to go down with the ship together. Yeah, when you guys... No, 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 no. Let, let, hold on. If the ship's sinking... I'm bailing on yeah. you. By the, by the way. I'll support you to a certain level, <laughs> but I'm not going down the ship. And by the way, since this is the first show since Friday, Patty the Batty was very, very cool. Wasn't he? Oh, it was great. And he won. Yeah. He did. Oh, that's <laughs> We'll talk to you tomorrow.